hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Are you well, at one of the condos? Yeah. I'm down in Bellevue here. Nice. Oh. Where are you good at? Um, I am in a cafeteria. <laughs> in a lunchroom. I was, was going to go sit. <laughs> I was going to go sit in my car somewhere. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go sit outside somewhere. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'll just yeah. pop into a condo. And I know. Isn't that nice? We could just pop into pop into the condos that we have on the market. <laughs> right? I have so many places I can go. I guess we could touch on real estate later. But how's your bread bread baking going? It's going good. I yeah. have um. I haven't baked too much in these last two weeks, but um, I've still just been keeping my starter going. And it's uh, it's not as bubbly as it used to be before I, I had the accident, but uh, it's, it's getting there. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, you think, do you think it's weather? So like as things warm up, then maybe, maybe it'll, yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah, it's one of those things that's definitely um, the temperature affects it. And mm -hmm. it can be you know, too cold in your house. If it's 70 degrees in your house, that might be too cold for it. Yep. And it really kind of likes around 80 degrees. Mm -hmm. And so I'll often pop it just in my oven and turn the light on and just keep it shut overnight. And yep. that will kind of keep it warm. Um, and so, but it's starting to get pretty bubbly. So it's, it's doubling in size. So that's what you want. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I was got little, um, and I know we've kind of touched on this before, but for the people kind of out there, got a little obsessed with, uh, the starter, uh, just because of, well, it just I felt like I was just wasting it when I in the morning when I was you know feeding it that I just all of a sudden would start a new jar or a new container and feed that and I think at one point I had like four on our counter and I was like this is <laughs> this is not normal or healthy no and no so I had like a full bakery and oh I know it was stupid I didn't really realize I mean this is the first time I'm really doing it so I'm kind of like learning but I got a little obsessed and so yeah. then I know we talked and so then I went to the the method of putting it in the um refrigerator like so I have some in the fridge and then I have one that I'm kind of keeping out and I had um grand aspirations of baking and having a loaf to share with everyone today but it just didn't come to fruition yeah. yesterday didn't happen <laughs> too much going on yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll set a day this week, um, a bake day. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, we'll, I'll provide you a recipe that we can kind of follow. Totally. And then we'll just see how they turn out. We'll just do like a, a mini presentation. Yep. Um, I think that that'd be great. That'd be fun. I, we have a, a good, a baker in our building who kind of, you know, inspired me to get, get on this, this train too. His bread is just so delicious and he just has like a different taste to his sourdough. Yeah. So I also want to kind of explore like, how do you make your, I know it's all about time and having it sit out and like, you know, all that, but how, how do you get certain tastes like ones that are more like tangy or more that more sweet and like all that sort of thing too. Yeah. It, it really depends on the recipe that you kind of use. Mm -hmm. uh, just like a basic sourdough. Um, you know, time is probably the biggest thing. The longer that it, it, proofs or longer that it's uh, kind of ferments will give a little more tang to it mm -hmm. um, but you kind of kind of watch it because you can kind of lose your your steam if you will uh, with it kind of um, yep. building up its bubbles and doing what it's doing 
um, so you don't want to overproof it because it won't rise like it should, but you don't want to mm -hmm. underproof it because it won't uh, turn out as, as good. I, I'd be, uh, have you talked to him? I, are you friends with him? Yeah, say, hey, so he, he turned me on to um, that book and you might know it is just called like Water, Flower, Salt. Yep. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Ken so Forkish. Yes, so he's the one, he gave me his version and I ended up ordering one off of Amazon. I haven't went through it yet or used any of the recipes, but I think that that's what he mirrors his technique from. Yep. Um, and I think I also need to get a few more, uh, whatever the that bowl is that you let it rise in that has the ridges. Do you use that? Uh, yeah, the Bandison basket. Yes, I need yep. to get one of those. I, I have to stop using my plastic bowls and all I like I need to probably elevate myself to the next level um, yeah so you get the, the nice flower rings around it yes exactly I'm really good at scoring I love scoring is like my favorite thing so I'm like oh I'm making it pretty <laughs> <laughs> have you watched those videos online with all of, like the crazy designs that yes yeah it's wild I don't know yeah. I, mean, I'm I love I feel like I'm learning scoring part. yeah <laughs> yeah and, uh, but it, I mean, it's it's hard to get used to. I've been trying to work out baguettes. And, oh, yes. And that's a whole different process. Mm -hmm. And how I do that, it's uh, it's pretty wild. I should do a video of me putting it in the oven, the whole process, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, you, you make your dough like you normally would, and the shaping of it is a little different, um, a little more difficult, but, um, and scoring it, you want to get those nice ears and those, you know, different um, patterns on it. Uh, which is kind of fun, but then going into the oven because you need a lot of steam, mm -hmm. and that's what's nice about like the the loaves that like, you're you've been doing. You put them into the um, French or the Dutch oven. Yeah, into the Dutch yeah. oven, which holds all the Steams steam in. in. Yep. So when you bake something that doesn't have a like an oven steamer, most people don't have a, a steamer in their yeah. oven. So how do you create all the steam? Um, and in that book, it discusses how you can make different steams in your regular oven with a lot of it's like putting bricks and then yep. putting like a wet rag in there mm -hmm. um i, I heard my... like spritzing too in a weird way you spritz underneath or something i heard that yeah um so my method <laughs> has always been i underneath in the bottom of my oven i would put two pans and they i just as it preheats they would get super hot and i would take squeeze bottles and then open the oven put the dough in squeeze a bunch of water into those pans and it's just like steam flies everywhere and yep. slam the door shut, the door and shut. Then, yeah and i'll yeah. do it again in a mid midway through the process but so so then that's what you're doing specifically for the baguettes too yeah yeah because you have or anything in, i'm not doing in like the dutch, in the oven. dutch oven yeah because mark keeps asking me he goes can't you just make a baguette and i did try with my dough and just didn't turn out it was just really hard and just didn't turn out like the the french bread that we know right right <laughs> the baguette no that, that takes a little finesse and takes some time to kind of get used to it. you'll you'll yeah. ruin a lot of baguettes before you kind of get it right get it. yeah and, um because the shaping of it is very peculiar yeah it's it's, stre it's stretching motions right well yeah so as it's full fermenting there's a stretch and fold which is what you kind of normally do yep. um and, and that basically just pulling each side over on itself and um instead of actually kneading it. But when you actually go to shape it, you pull it out and then you do stretch it over its side, but then you kind of roll it up mm. um, in a way, because you're trying to get a really uh, tight skin over the top of it, if you will. Got it. And yep. um, 
and that way it kind of holds the the loaf in so when it rises and you score it so the steam will come out of the loaf yeah. um so when it rises it doesn't like shoot out the bottom or Got it. you know so somewhere you don't want it to or have a yep. bulge that looks weird um but all, all things to learn of it yep but getting that uh that sealing it up properly is, is it can be a little bit hard yep a little tricky yeah. cool well yeah let's do the the baking day thing because um i think that that would be good to also just do our uh the same recipe because i think we're i'm probably using something different maybe than you are as well yeah are you weighing your ingredients yet no and so that that's my whole yeah and i need to to become official yeah i know it's so easy i know and then that way it's... you can so as long as you're measuring out your ingredients by weight you can change the recipes really easily and you can just mm -hmm. have a base recipe that you use and you can modify it just with percentages yeah. and uh, you know that way like you can just throw a bunch of dough in a or a bunch of flour into a bowl and be like well how much is that and then figure out how much water and how much other um, salt and other things you need to kind of go along with it yeah um, so once you kind of figure that out it's it makes it so you're not like okay two cups of this one cup of this yeah. Um, or really following the recipe to a T and then you just use percentages and then you'll have all your loaves. Anything you do will be pretty, pretty accurate. Consistent. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, on the next, the next update that we do, I will have my scale and I will, I will elevate my tools. Yeah. <laughs> so good. If not, I'll, I'll be angry. Yes, I know. Oh, I'm embarrassed right now. Really. I feel like a slacker. <laughs> good. All, all right. right. Well, Anything else you want to touch on on the, the baking world? No, just, yeah. uh, you know, I'm now that the weather's getting warmer, I, I tend to not bake so much during the, the warmer weather because it gets really hot instead of kitchen. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have we'll AC in your home? What'd you say? Do you have AC in your home? We do. Yeah. yeah. But I do. I we don't we use it at night more so. So I, I love I could have the house like 75 degrees and I don't I don't really care even hotter. It doesn't yeah. bother me. Um, I think at night it's just sleeping. I like to sleep cold. So yeah. But, yeah, good. So what uh, real estate wise, I know that now you're a little bit more mobile, you're kind of taking on some more properties and you've had a re really good year, you know, thus far just kind of being, being out there, no one would know you were had a bum angle. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> It was uh, it, it was fun, <laughs> not really, yeah. but uh, it, it was a lot of uh, just sitting on the couch and doing deals <laughs> with my yep. leg up in the air. Um, but then, yeah, getting a little more mobile, and then having one of the best years I've had being down for so long has kind of uh, made me think about how I can tweak the business and how I can kind of go forward uh, yep. doing that. But yeah, things just suddenly happened like super fast, and then I was like, okay, I'm ready to go, and then suddenly all my clients and uh, people are calling me. It's like, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, mm -hmm. let's, get, let's get this listed for sale. Let's get this rented out as quick as we can. And then I think it, in a matter of like two weeks, I had six properties I had to put out for lease yeah. and, um, and then taking some buyers around. Kind of sneak spring and summer kind of sneak up on you. And I think a lot of the things that are thrown at you come last minute for some reason, like even yeah. though you try to plan and, you know, lease agreements are coming up and, you know, you know, whatever there's so many things that change in the spring and summer and happen just like very quickly that you can't plan for it. You just kind of have to be like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's, <laughs> right, go. <laughs> let's go. How about you? Uh, oh, it's actually, it's been busy. You know, um, 
we had a really busy start of the year. Um, we've consistently brought on some new properties um, for sale and lease. You know, I just from the you know very beginning, I've always tried to have my lease agreements um, end in some or spring and summer. So I'm always just crazy busy with rentals during this time frame. But then also you add that layer of of sales on top of that too, and it, it just gets a little out of hand. But the last couple of weeks have been um, a good balance of some buyers and some new listings, a lot of stuff closing, um, you know, from inventory that even that came on last year, um, late last year is now finally closing. Um, so yeah, just kind of work working our way to the summer. I mean, summer's yeah. next next month. So are you seeing the, uh, the downtown condo markets kind of spring back a little bit? Oh yeah. And an example of that are, you know, the studios, I had a handful of studios that had been sitting on the market for almost 90 days now, 90 to 120. And all of a sudden this last week I had, there were so many more buyers that came out in the market. And so one of them got, um, is actually what pending this morning at the Cosmo. And then I have another one at, um, the Electra which mm -hmm. uh, has been just kind of sitting there and, and it's been, it has four showings this weekend. It's bizarre. I don't, and yeah. like agents are asking, you know, their clients are interested. So I am wondering if that buyer pool is now um, coming to Seattle or they're now thinking, okay, well, the, my office is going to be open. I have to, you know, be downtown or, you know, that, that for some reason that buyer pool, I think has been, has opened up a little bit. Yeah, so, um, I think with with things in the coming, kind of well, COVID not coming to a closure, but just yeah. kind of mellowing out a little bit. People are starting to think about that they need to be downtown or they miss mm -hmm. downtown. Yeah. Uh, they've been been away from it for so long and want to be there. Um, I yeah. talked to some people. I heard different interviews. People talking about downtown. That's you know that's that's where they want to be and that's where they're investing their lives and. Yep. Yeah. And then, you know, every organization downtown has some sort of recovery thing going on right now, or recovery efforts, task force groups, programs, like you name it. So there's kind of like this underlying optimism, definitely downtown that people are actually doing things about it now um, <laughs> and are trying to kind of help the community, um, which is great. I mean, there's um, even just a little example, this, the city put new street signs out. And there was a sign, you know, by our building that was like, hey, Pike Place is this way and South Lake Union's this way. And it just like kind of creates a little bit more of like, oh, it's it's things are we're kind of in this growth mode or we're just kind of renewing everything or just kind of getting getting out of our little funk. Um, yeah. And a lot of the um, a grand I, re reopening. Yeah. And I've been on I actually was on the DSA um, safety committee earlier this week and they were just kind of talking about all the different things that they're doing with the tent encampments and, you know, um, the housing and um, SPD and all that sort of thing. It was kind of, it was just encouraging because again, there's a lot of stuff that is going on um, without, I think the public knowing or, mm -hmm. or just general public or media. Um, and it's just creating a, a, a better vibe, you know, downtown for sure. Yeah. So, and I think that that's just kind of the start. So. Um, I don't know. I've, I'm feeling pretty optimistic today about the, the downtown market. Yeah, good, good. It yeah. needs it. Yep, for <laughs> sure. And I know you've put some offers in recently on houses on behalf of buyers. Down, and how's that uh, going? I've been working a lot down in Maple Valley. Yep. And then uh, even a little bit up north in kind of Camino Island. And mm -hmm. 
um, I enlisted the help of, uh, of Joe in our office to kind of help with showings up that far north. Yep. And, uh, trying to work out there a little bit. Um, but it's brutal out there. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of found that, uh, I mean, anything outside the city limits, it's, you know, 20 plus offers per home. Mm -hmm. And things are just going way above the asking. And yeah, it's it's brutal trying to yeah. get buyers locked in. Yeah, I saw that there was a house that Tony and Eric went pending on very quickly in, in Enumclaw or Buckley um, for mm -hmm. 1.2, just like that. Yeah. Like prices in the, like those areas um, are just, I mean, it's just crazy to see a house in Renton sell for 900000 you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah just just pricing just yeah, and it's not that those areas don't warrant. It's just that you've never seen those those type of price or that pricing in those areas before, um, yeah. and it's just kind of the the sprawling factor um, that's still happening right now. And and I think everyone keeps on talking about like buyer fatigue, buyer fatigue. You know, when is that going to happen? I think last I just been talking to a few agents this week. It feels like last week with Mother's Day for some reason might have been a little bit of a lull in the market. Like some people expected to get more offers than what they, they actually ended up getting. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering as we work our way into su summer, we had we historically have had those hit or miss weekends, right? Where you have yes. Memorial Day weekend and you have um, 4th of July and then you have Seafair. And I don't even know if Seafair will be happening this year, but those kind of key weekends are those opportunities for those buyers, you know, to take advantage of and, and be there? Um, or is it something by that time, will they be kind of like, meh, I'm just going to take a few months off type of thing. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll be very interesting to, to watch. And if you have any, you know, thoughts on what you think, you know, one way or the other, which way that's going to go, please share. But I think that that is a real thing for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's like I said, it's just been brutal just trying to get people in into homes and trying to you get 15 minutes to view a home and then you got to put an offer on it and hope that you win. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, in the past, yeah, those those dates, those holidays and stuff going on are, are great opportunities for people to take advantage of. So I know that we talked about our does, but do's. Do you want to like name out a few like things that people should be doing in this market? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they. People should be listening to the real estate agent. <laughs> yes, they should. <laughs> they should be listening to their their lender. <laughs> yep. Um, and most importantly, is they they should move forward on things that the, that might scare them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, get out of their comfort zone a little bit because this this market is has no room for um, for air in that way. Listening to your agent and don't don't be scared because you know again I. Uh, what is it? The market's not for the faint of heart, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's funny how many conversations you have to have. And um, I know it's just tough. It's tough for buyers right now and on all different levels, whether they're new home buyers or they're seasoned buyers that are transitioning or wanting to transition. It's just really, really tough um, out there. Yeah. For sure. I think that also sellers should definitely be doing their inspections, you know, pre-inspections of properties, because, you know, when you have so many people looking to get into your home for showings and they're scheduling it out, there's not enough time to be doing pre-inspections. And um, no. when, you do, when you do a seller procured inspection, um, even though there are some risks with that, the buyer takes on that risk of, you know, they have the option of doing their own if they want, but it, it does help to provide all the information about the house so that everything is, is on the up and up. Yeah. Um, At least give you, give someone a peace of mind and then, 
you know, especially when this market is to where buyers are going, I mean, 10, 20 homes putting in offers and even more. I heard a story. Someone said we we had 30 offers before we wow. finally got our home. And I, I just I would feel exhausted at that after you get your place. But uh, totally. But yeah, it's a uh, is to be prepared. And hopefully those those sellers need to have those inspections done because there's just not enough time and for all that. Yep. Uh, but it gives the buyer peace of mind to at least go forward because they're going to have to waive inspection for the most part. Oh, yeah. Um, the other thing I think that everyone should be doing now is including the 3D tours, including floor plans, including professional photos. Like I know mm -hmm. that you don't need to as a listing agent, you know, you could probably just throw one picture up that you took with your, your iPhone and people still would show up. But it is still um, you need to be showing the property in the proper light and, and having all that additional information like the floor plans and the 3D tours and all that sort of thing. Because we do have a lot of buyers that are out of state who aren't coming here every single week to look at properties. They're relying on those tours, relying on FaceTime appointments and, and all that sort of thing too. Yeah. So. Well, okay. for on, on homes that are just too many appointments, they can't get enough people in to see them. Totally, um, yep. That's been the case um, too. Are you, are you doing open houses or how do you feel about open houses at the moment? I, I haven't been. I, uh, I've been doing still the, kind of virtual tour open house um, from time to time, yep. but I just find that um, just in the state of things, I think now they're getting a little better and that the vaccinations are rolling out. I feel a little more comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but previously it just didn't make sense. It just left a lot of just looky loose to kind of come through the home and, and check the place out. And it's, um, it, I didn't really feel it got enough exposure as what uh, you would normally yep. see. Yeah. And and the energy is, is different. Completely. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this is actually um, the first weekend we are doing two open houses in West Seattle. We have a co little condo we just brought on and then we have um, a townhome. And we're just doing our increments of both on Saturday and Sunday just to kind of try out, you know, what is the, are people showing up? Are they not? Um, you know, I, I think back in the day, open houses, you know, pre-COVID, in a busy market where it was great for buyer's agents because then the buyer's agents wouldn't have to necessarily schedule appointments and be there with their clients. Their clients would walk through and see the property and then all of a sudden the agent can walk through if they want, but they could just write up the offer in some cases. Right. Um, and so it provided, uh, I guess it was easier for the buyer's agents who were you know, running around on weekends to just have their clients go through these, these properties on their own. Um, so I, I get that part. Um, but I don't know whether people are actually going to show up or is it something that, you know, it's people are still used to, to scheduling with their agent and only looking at property that they've done their due diligence because they are, do see those 3D tours and they do see the floor plans and like all that information that's now on, available online. Mm -hmm. And they kind of, um, you know, narrow down how many places they're actually looking at because of that. So yeah. physically, at least. Yeah. So very interesting. And I think we'll continue to do virtual opens, especially for the condominiums, um, just because, you know, it still is a little touchy when you're bringing people from, like you said, looky lose, it might not be actual buyers. And how do you, how do you, they're not a buyer right now, let's say. So looky loo is a, yeah. not a buyer right now in the present, but they want to see what's out there, which is perfectly fine. Um, but when you are kind of in this state of where we're at, it's just, um, 
feels a little unsafe to be just inviting everyone in a in a building where there's you know multiple different people one or you know, two multiple, elevators with yeah with you know all different people with all different um i guess health requirements and yeah you know ages 100%. and all that sort of thing so yeah yeah very interesting times and then it'll be another kind of transition of everyone going back to work and how's that all playing out and a lot of changes ahead still <laughs> yeah and we'll, we'll see what happens I, I think the summer should be you know as as the covid will, will tell us what's going to happen but uh you know uh, like i said I, I think i'll start to feel more comfortable because i like doing open houses i like mm -hmm. being there i meet I, you know like meeting people and greeting them and and just yep. talking about life and stuff like that and uh um, so i, I kind of miss a lot of that but um and I, and I hope that this summer will kind of bring forth just a little more comfort for people and even myself just to get out there a little bit more too. Totally. How's the rental doing downtown? Yeah, you know, what's so funny is um, it has seemed to pick up a little bit. So at the, late last year, I'd say last quarter, actually last half of last year, the entire half of last year yeah. um, was really extremely difficult. It was like every single, and as you know, every lease agreement we were putting together was a negotiation. It was lease renewals, you're negotiating. And, and um, I've noticed though in the last probably two months it, that a lot of that has gone away. So I think that there are enough people moving here, relocating here that they mm -hmm. just need to find a place and um the apartment buildings i think there's some are still offering those you know specials but they're on the units that no one has snapped up yet yeah. um and so the condominiums are great because they include your utilities and your parking and like all that sort of thing so you already look like a value in comparison to the apartment buildings um so i feel like rental rates have stabilized a little bit for yeah. for downtown condos not on the uptick but definitely have stabilized yeah that's good yeah. Um, I'm kind of wonder, been wondering if there's, because uh, on the east side, uh, Bellevue area, uh, even the condos I've been getting a lot of interest on, yep. but single family homes for sure. And that, and it's been wild. It's almost just as crazy as uh, someone looking for a home. But I'm just wondering if it's a kind of that buyer fatigue we were talking about. People just getting tired of looking for homes. They need to get a home. So now they're just going to, they got to rent something at least. Yep. And because I've seen a lot of people, a lot of sellers are taking advantage of the, how this market is, but then they need a place to go. So they're like, oh, we'll find a rental, no problem. And then they get out there and just like, oh my God, it's, it's wild. Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like every um, home, single family home or town home that anyone has listed in their office has had some sort of multiple, multiple application. I mean, there's tons of applications that come in for homes. So obviously they're getting multiple people interested in, yeah. in them. Um, so yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we're, we have always had a limited supply of single family rental homes in the Pacific Northwest period. Mm -hmm. Then we went through this phase where a lot of those homeowners sold at the peak of the market just because it was a good time for them to sell. Now we had kind of a little bit of a lull and now they're selling them again because, you know, the market's crazy. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, it's, it's very, it's almost as competitive for rental single family as it is for per, the, the sales market, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I, then I listed a home. Sorry, I, I listed oh. a home uh, a couple weeks ago on the east side, and uh, it was it was forty five hundred for a three bedroom, um, three bedroom home, and it was a beautiful home. Like the 
the, the features that were great. It was like marble countertops, stainless steel, everything, gas range. It, it was just like someone's dream home, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I put it on like the, on a Friday evening or something like that. And the next morning I woke up, I had like a hundred missed calls. Oh and God. I had, I don't even know how many emails, about the same. And just people just Crazy. dying to get in there to see it. And um, had an agent that ended up doing a walkthrough and they put in an application before they even saw it. And they upped the price. They went $1,000 over the what we put it out. Nuts. And it, it's, yeah, it just, it was completely just like someone just giving up everything just to get into the home. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, a lot of disappointed people. Yeah. Well, going also back to your point of um, the Bellevue condo market too. I mean, we had those units at 188 that have been sticking around since basically the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden within the, the same week, all the inventory basically is gone. So, and then we're talking two bedrooms for, you know, 5,500 and a two bedroom for 6,500. So it isn't like anything in that, that price range that's having a lot of trouble right now. Um, you know, they're, they're high end, high end homes yeah. and they just got snapped up just like that. So it's yeah. crazy how timing and the market is definitely opening up, I think for the, the urban areas for sure. Yeah. People want to get back downtown. Yep. They do. It's so. fun to live here. Cool. Well, I hope you have a great Friday. I'm actually going to head head over to Bellevue myself and nice. and uh, have a little move in. And that's it. Do you have any plans for the weekend? Uh, hanging out with the family this weekend. I got uh, I got to move in tomorrow in Totem Lake, and then I'm doing a um, we have a house closing next week, so I'm doing our final walkthrough today. Nice, good. So, trying to get All in there. Right. I got painters to paint and carpets to recarpet and. Oh, you had to do all that before closing? We're, well, we're going to try. Well, not before yeah. closing, but we're going to at least try and get like the bids in to where we can get Got it. Because possess yeah. possession's delayed. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll let you have at it and get back to your Friday afternoon, but it's good chatting with you. And on the next one, we'll do a more of a baking episode. Yeah. Cool. That'd be fun. All right. Uh, that sounds good. Would, would you want to bake in someone else's condo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd have to be there for like, Four hours, know, right? <laughs> or like eight hours. Turn it into a whole night. open. We could turn it into a whole open house thing, right? <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny is we have that um, kitchen at Escala. We could totally do it in there. There you go. Yeah, we'll see if That'd we can arrange that if our amenities are open in time. Yeah, awesome. Good. Cool. Bye. All right, Trevor. Have a good Bye -bye. day.